Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by Bridge Bank. Today's Thursday, September 10th. Gasoline prices are down, Bitcoin prices are up, and we're focused on the start of the NFL season. The National Football League is scheduled to kick off tonight, with the Houston Texans visiting the defending champs in Kansas City. But a whole lot has changed since the Chiefs beat the San Francisco 49ers for the Super Bowl title last February. Arrowhead Stadium, where the Chiefs play, is one of just five NFL venues that will allow fans, but only around 20% of its 76,000 seats will be filled tonight. For the NFL, that means an enormous amount of lost revenue. The Chiefs, for example, usually generate more than $15 million per game in ticket revenue. And that doesn't include things like luxury boxes or beer or parking or in-stadium advertising. Teams will get TV money, of course, but that's dependent on them playing games. The NFL chose not to use one of those coronavirus bubbles like the NBA did, which means players and staff go home each night, go out to restaurants, visit with friends, with families. One outbreak and fans won't be the only thing missing from stadiums this fall. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes. But first, this. We're joined now by ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes. So Mina, the NFL returns tonight, but they didn't do a bubble like the NBA or the NHL. They kind of seem to follow Major League Baseball. Do you believe this is going to work? And why do you think they didn't do a bubble? It depends how you define work. Okay, here's work. All the scheduled games each week get played. Mm, Based on what we've seen in baseball, I would say no, frankly. But based on what we've seen in baseball, I think they're going to finish a season. And for those who haven't been following baseball, it's similar to what football is doing. A lot of testing, rigorous testing. Football is testing every day except game days. And thus far, the NFL has had an extremely low positive rate. I think last week only one player tested positive of like, you know, thousands upon thousands. Baseball had some hiccups early on, including on the opening day, and they've had a couple of outbreaks that have led to games being postponed, but they have marched on, and I think the NFL will do the same. To me, what happens with the NFL is just more contingent upon what happens in this country, right? Like if it continues to stabilize or dip, and by it, I mean the coronavirus, in certain areas, I think the NFL will benefit from that and vice versa. If it rises and gets bad, I think the NFL will suffer too. Do you think the reason they didn't do some sort of bubble format was financial? And if so, what exactly is the financial? Because the TV money they get either way, no matter where they play it. And since most of the stadiums don't have fans coming in, it doesn't seem they make much more money by having a game in an empty stadium than in a third-party stadium somewhere else. I think they felt it wasn't realistic because of the number of human beings. And I say human beings because we think, okay, first of all, the number of players far exceeds hockey and basketball two sports that have done also MLS did a bubble too with great success. But also if anyone who's listening has been on the field during a football game, there are so many people and there'll be less this year who are just in and around football teams. So if they were to do a bubble or regional bubbles, we'd be talking about basically towns, like small villages. And the NFL just decided it would be more realistic for them to test extremely frequently, which was a matter of negotiation with the union and whether they would test every day. And so far, knock on wood, it seems to be working. Mina, before becoming a full-time sports reporter, you were a business reporter. If you don't have fans, so you're not getting the ticket money, you're not getting the luxury box money and the popcorn and the hot dogs and the parking and all that stuff, 
obviously that's a hit to the owners. Is it a big enough hit that if they had to go the entire year this way, that it would be a serious thing? You might have some owners actually start to cry poor. <laughs> they cry poor anyways. Legitimately cry poor. Stadiums are publicly funded. Yeah, I think there's already a decline in gate receipts and all the things you mentioned being baked into projections for the salary cap next year, which a lot of people think will stay flat or maybe not even next year, by the way. That also was part of negotiations with the union. But for the NFL, which is much more of a national sport than baseball, which I think has really suffered from the lack of gate receipts, TV's king. And if they can get these games on television for a national audience that is craving live sports, I think they can, I don't want to say save face, they can get through this season without losing as much money as they would otherwise. On the TV side, do you expect that ratings will be down a bit? And we've seen this a bit in the NBA and, and other sports. Just if for nothing else, it just doesn't look right to watch an NFL game without people there. So I've been watching college football games, which have started airing, and it's definitely has a little bit of a high school Friday night feel to it without people in the stands. But I've found with the NBA, I don't think the look of it has played a role in the rate. I think the look of it, it's been awesome, actually, in the yeah. bubble with some cool camera angles, really don't feel much of a difference. And I think those two sports have really different rating stories. NBA ratings were also not rising this year before the coronavirus. So I don't think that'll have too much of an impact on it. Just from a business perspective, I've written about ratings in the past. And it's just based on my reporting, a lot more to do with things like whether star quarterbacks are hurt. I cannot stress that enough how much that affects NFL ratings. It turns out people do not want to watch, you know, like Brett Hundley and Mason Rudolph in primetime. General trends in technology, of course, and the way ratings are measured, looking at not just who's watching football, but how long they watch. And then cable news, quite frankly, we're in an election year. And that probably will have more of an impact on viewership than the look and feel of games. My memories in 2016 ratings were down a bit, right, for the NFL. And that was after that people suggested people were paying attention to the election, not paying attention to football. And a lot of people tried to pin it on the Colin Kaepernick protesting police brutality and racial inequality during the anthem, which was not even shown in many broadcasts. Something I found interesting that year, again, from like a business perspective, is Nielsen ratings look at not only who's watching, but how long they're watching. And you really found the NFL didn't actually shed that many viewers. They just weren't watching as much football that year, which to me lends more credence to the cable TV idea because cable ratings, as I recall, were through the roof and continue to benefit from what's happening. Let me ask you the other side of the Kaepernick type protest, because we're certainly going to see a lot more of that probably tonight and also on Sunday than we have in the past. Taking the business piece out of it, just as somebody who speaks to a lot of football players, et cetera, Given that football demographically is a little bit more diverse than some other pro sports leagues, particularly the NBA, do you believe that one guy kneels, one guy doesn't during the protest? Is that going to cause actual divisions within NFL locker rooms? Or once you get on the field, it doesn't matter? I don't think so. That conversation has evolved so much over the last, it's been fascinating from covering sports. By the way, it's evolved not just in NFL locker rooms and amongst NFL fans, but views on it amongst the American public have shifted so dramatically and so rapidly. A lot of these polls are kind of, you know, BS because the way they're worded, you can look at that. But when it was happening, when it started in 26, 2017, there was a lot of disapproval. Now that pendulum has shifted to the point where I think a lot of NFL players, similarly to NBA players, have kind of questioned whether or not it's a protest anymore. What will it accomplish? And they don't want it to be about keeping tabs on who's kneeling and who's not. And, you know, what does it mean? They would rather have the focus be on the conversation they're trying to start around police brutality. So I don't think within locker rooms, there will be that much division this year. And I actually wouldn't be surprised if after the first week, it becomes less of a story overall. 
Mina, final question for you. Assuming there is a 16-game season for all teams, who wins more games, my Patriots or your Seahawks? Uh, um, I got to go. I'm going Seattle this year, man. I This year and every year? No, no, not every year. But as you know, the Patriots uh, have undergone a lot of change recently. I actually think the Patriots' offense might be better this year, but the defense, unfortunately, lost more average uh, value per pro football reference than any team since the 1960s because so many players opted out and left in free agency. So we'll see if uh, old Bill Belichick has something up his sleeve there. Well, I'm apparently not allowed to go to the games whether they play or not, so it doesn't really matter. Mina Kimes of ESPN, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. What we're watching today is Citigroup, which announced that Jane Frazier will take over as CEO next February when current CEO Michael Corbat retires. Why it matters is that Frazier will become the first woman ever to lead a major Wall Street bank. Today, we're also watching Facebook, which announced the launch of what it's calling Facebook Campus. In a blog post, the company says this is a, quote, college-only space designed to help students connect with fellow classmates over shared interests. If that sounds familiar, it's probably because you're old enough to remember Facebook when it first launched, because that's exactly what it was when you needed a .edu address to even sign up. Finally, one more football note. Imagine for a minute that the Chiefs had lost last year's Super Bowl to the San Francisco 49ers. Two different things might have happened. First, there would have been a parade in San Francisco instead of in Kansas City. But this was February, when the coronavirus was likely already prevalent on the West Coast without many people knowing about it. That parade could have become the first super spreader event. Secondly, today's kickoff game would have been in San Francisco, not in Kansas City. But because of the fires and the air quality there, it's unlikely such a game could have even been played. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great national TV dinner day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.